Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 61 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am very excited to be joined today by the creators of the comic book series Penguins vs. Possums. How's everybody doing today? Great. Good. Excellent. <laughs> Great, good, and excellent. <laughs> Only got better. I lose. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of built there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I hope everybody's New Year's off to a good start. So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be any 2016. So. This is true. This is true. Um, as as I, I posted on Facebook on New Year's Eve, I was coming back from a friend's house. My my husband had the flu, which uh, I apologize to our listeners if you hear me sneezing or sniffling in the background. It's because I caught whatever he had. Um, but he was sick at home, so we decided to go out. And I I went out with the friends that we had planned to do New Year's Eve with and was planning on being home by like 7 so that we could just kind of have a quiet evening at home. And my car died in the grocery store parking lot. So (laughs) it was was 2016's last little jab. Yeah, way to bring it in. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to get right into talking to all these lovely people. Um, Sebastian, we talked to you back in episode 58. Yes. So uh, we know a little bit about you, but uh, why don't you do a quick reminder of who you are and uh, and where you're where you're coming to us from? Sure. Uh, my name is Sebastian. I'm originally from the Bay Area, but now I live in Los Angeles uh, with these two lovely folks, <laughs> and uh, we don't live together. Uh, yeah, but we should. We wish. <laughs> <laughs> Premise of a great show. No, I was certainly yes. there too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in LA. Uh, not much has changed since last time. Um, happy 2017. Happy 2017. All right. And we are joined today by John and Lindsay Bring. Uh, John and Lindsay, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, well, we are, uh, both from Georgia. I am from a small town called Valdosta, uh, near the Florida border. Lindsay's from a much more well-known town. Savannah. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Georgia. But we uh, we met in college and uh, and fled here. <laughs> and, yeah, and ran as fled. fast as we ran as fast as we could to L.A. Uh, once we were both out and uh, are now married, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and we work on 
uh, TV show for both in the TV industry, um, both as writers. Um, both, well, I'm a writer's assistant, but yeah, I don't want to mislead. I, I want to be a television writer. I haven't quite gotten there working yet. Working towards the goal of being towards that television goal. writers. And uh, yeah, we I was fortunate enough on one of those TV shows I've worked on to meet Sebastian, and we became fast friends. And then uh, even uh, not soon after that, we were collaborating, and uh, we were lucky enough to... Uh, kind of become a three-person merry band um, to work on Penguins vs. Possums together. That's awesome. I can't wait to, to learn more about the the title because it's, it's, <laughs> it's a great concept. Um, what, are your, what are your areas of geekitude? What, what things do you get really geeky about? You want to start, Lance? Uh, sure. I think for me, um, I think it's sort of, you know, the obvious. Uh, obviously, we all do this comic together, and we're all very passionate about it. I, um, I get... I get my most geeky, I think, about television shows and movies. Um, in particular, uh, horror movies are sort of unexpected geekdom of mine, uh, especially 70s and 80s horror movies. Mm-hmm. Anything Amityville Horror, Exorcist, The Omen, any, that like style in particular just gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a, a, an obsession there, I think. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm much, I'm in sort of like a uh, pan geek. Because I'm into TV, I'm into comics, I'm into movies, video games, uh, music, everything, you yeah. name it. Musical I, the- I got you into musical theater, which yeah. is another victim of mine. I've always liked musical theater, but you've definitely broadened my mind on it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of into everything. Uh, also, uh, I guess, like, a big area that not everybody's into, and I, and I don't follow it very closely currently, but um, I've always been a big fan of professional wrestling um that's had a big uh impact on me creatively over the years and it's something i've always really enjoyed so yeah pretty much everything that and movies are probably my two big things that's awesome that's awesome do you guys have any areas where you don't feel like you're as geeky like the mainstream geekiness do you just haven't gotten into it well i mean i i I will definitely say i play video games but i'm not a very big gamer yeah we yeah, we tend to play games we can play together, and yeah. all the like super geeky games I think are like the one player or go on a mission, like fuck a unicorn, that kind of. Yeah, I mean like. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, I have spent the entire year. I spent the entire year 2016 playing Fallout 4, um, but that's sort of my way as I play a game for an entire year and then move on to another game, maybe. But uh, but no, I think if I really had to pick somewhere where my geekitude is low, it's um, uh, Doctor Who is definitely oh, something yeah. okay. I know nothing about. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't really care to know anything. Maybe that's <laughs> right. me to admit on a, on a podcast such as this. Yeah. But, no, um, I'm, I'm, I'm notorious for, for not being a Whovian. And uh, I've had, I've had guests on that are huge Whovians. And, yeah. and it is definitely an area where I, I feel the, the geekitude shame. <laughs> I, I just didn't get into it, but you know, I've tried, I've made several attempts and I think at some point you just throw in the towel and go, I'm done. So, um, do you guys have a particular fandom that you're drawn to? Uh, It's not like you're talking about how I, well, I made, I forced you to watch Buffy because that's the show that I actually watch in its entirety probably every year, once every couple years at least. Yeah. Um, so. And you loved it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I I love Buffy as well. I, I was so glad when you guys were. I, Lindsay, I know you were a longtime Buffy fan, but when you guys took the journey together <laughs> as a couple. Yeah, it was a big step, Seb. <laughs> well, I'm very excited because our our I live in Palm Springs, which is a very seasonal town, and our friends who are snowbirds are are back in town until 
May, and so that means that we can uh, restart up our Buffy nights. Ooh, uh, nice. Yeah, introducing my husband to uh, begrudgingly because he's not it's not his fandom at all. But really? uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so do you guys have an area where you feel like your geekitude? Uh, or what? What is your what is your favorite fandom? Would you say it's Buffy, or do you guys have uh, something that you're drawn to kind of regularly? It's it's probably Buffy for me, just because that sort of hits all of my sweet spots. Like when you're asking me what are my areas of geekitude, I feel like Buffy sort of checks all of those boxes. Mm-hmm, um, especially mm-hmm. uh, now, Buffy has a comic. Uh, uh, yeah leaving the show and letting the show continue, which is really exciting for me to find out about. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I watched that and felt like I'd never seen anything like it. That was um, funny and scary and dramatic um, all at the same time. And it just sort of uh, hit everything that I like in a show. I think that's really rare. Um, so that's probably mine. And there was a musical theater episode. And yeah. there's a musical yes. theater show. Yeah. <laughs> everything that I like, I think, is, is covered in that show. And more recently, I haven't found a show that uh, that checks all of my personal boxes other than Buffy, uh, Buffy until recently when we started watching You Were the Worst, which is a really great show on FXX. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's just uh, it's so rewatchable and so good, and I learn new things about it every time, and it's just smart, and I love it. You're the Worst, is that um, – I, I haven't heard of that one. It's good. It's it's so not like it's it's really not a geeky show. As much. it's just good. It's uh it's just half hour cable comedy. It's ultimately about two horrible people falling in love. Um, but it's uh it's very very good. It's got the same sort of um I don't know. It just makes it's it, it's as depressing as it is funny. Uh, it's very serious and hilarious at the same time, which I think is great. And so you might you might like it. Yeah, awesome. check it out. That's very cool. Um, very nice. I guess as far as my if, uh, fandom. my fandom, uh, to pick that thread back up, I, uh, I'm going to give a, a bit of a BS answer. Um, but uh, I guess my by by default, my favorite fandom is probably Supernatural fandom. Okay. Uh, um, oh. <laughs> and that's, that's probably only because I've worked on the show for five years now. Nice. Um, and I, I am about to write an episode, so uh, yeah. another episode. So it's sort of, uh, you know... Like I said, a little bit of a cop-out answer, but... Um, we I, have very impressive fans. We have an awesome fan base, and um, they are super passionate and, you know, get a lot of love all over Twitter, not just for me, but I'm just talking about the show in general. Um, and, yeah, they're a very passionate fan base, and I just really appreciate that. I mean, God, they've kept my me gainfully employed for years now, so I certainly appreciate that aspect of it, too. So that's so awesome. Yeah, it is an amazing fandom. They are they are rabid, but in yeah. in, the, in most cases in a good way because there's been plenty of fandoms out there that are rabid but in a very bad and negative way and yeah. that doesn't always have I'm sure it happens occasionally with with uh, Supernatural, but yeah. I think for the most part they're just kind of along for the journey and they're happy to go with you guys, which is awesome. I mean, we definitely have our bad apples here and there. Um people who try to skewer certain episodes for certain very specific things. Um, but uh, we don't, we don't ever let us let that get us down. And we just uh, keep going and keep all the, yeah, all the positive people, which far outweigh the negative people. And uh, they keep our, uh, they keep our spirits high and keep us excited about, you know, continuing the series. That's so awesome. That's great. Um, are there any things that you guys uh, like that you don't think people know about, but they should, like that kind of hidden gem that 
you always tell people, oh, you have to see this or you have to partake in this? Um, actually, I don't know. Uh, Seb, do you have anything? Um, I, I think, I mean, I, I guess people know about this, but I do think that uh, it's a recent show, uh, The Expanse on sci-fi. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that's a, I just, I was really impressed by the show. I was going to check it out just because I like some of the actors and I was like looking for a new sci-fi show, a new science fiction show. And um, the, I, I just was so drawn in the world that they built is so full and rich and the, um, the work by Thomas Jane is incredible. Like I, I was just really impressed with the whole thing. Everybody feels real and, and every culture feels real within it. Um, so that's something I highly recommend um, catching up on season one and then preparing for season two. That's cool. I, I didn't know anything about that. And that just made me want to watch it. Well, it. It's an, it's an incredible series. I really, really enjoy it. That's cool. great. Well, is it on its first season? I think they're about to start the second season. Okay, that's awesome. Because I, I also always get really sad when someone tells me to check something out, and I realize they're already 100 episodes in, and I right. feel so overwhelmed. <laughs> so, uh, one season is good. I have to I have to pull a John and do a little shameless plug, because I, I work on a show, I'm writer assistant on a show for CW called Frequency, um, and it's it's a really, really good show, and it's uh, it's based on the movie from the 90s with Jim Caviezel and Dennis Quaid yeah. about a father and son who are able to talk to each other on a ham radio through time. Um, so there's like a really cool sci-fi element there, but the show, it centers on a father and daughter, um, and uh, it's... Uh, it's a really good just family drama. Um, and then having that element of the time is really interesting. Having them like solve, use each other to solve crimes uh, from 1996 to 2016 is interesting. And um, I've got some really great 90s references, which I know everything that is old is new again. And 90s are so popular right now. And uh, they're just really, it's a good cast and really good writers. The episodes are really good. Um, and that would be the thing that I would hope people would watch because it's good and because uh, I like to work. <laughs> it's, it was definitely one of my favorite shows, actually, one of my favorite new shows this year. Um, and it's rare because when you work in television, I think it becomes a job for all of us. And so it's rare, I think, when you work on a show that you actually enjoy watching and you want to go home and see. Um, and I found myself going home and watching it, even though I'd already seen all the cuts already. So I knew that was my sign of, hey, this is a good show. Um, so yeah. I suggest it. I highly suggest it. Well, well, coming from somebody who, who doesn't work for the show, I, I can second that motion because it, it is a very good show. I, I quite enjoy it. Oh, good. Oh. I'm glad you watch it. That's yeah, great. I do. Uh, you know, I, I watch that and uh, and Timeless. And I guess Timeless oh, yeah. is not getting renewed, which makes me sad and so we're we're you know holding out that frequency stays in there. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad we found our viewer. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Uh, yeah, that's Joe. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I liked Timeless as well. It's weird, you know. I, it's uh, television has just changed so much. Uh, John and I were talking about this a lot. It's um it's a really exciting because the internet and streaming has just changed television. Right. Um, and I think in a lot of ways for the better because you can find such great shows that I think networks would be a little bit scared to produce. Um, I don't think Stranger Things would have ever happened on NBC or ABC. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody would have taken a chance on a cast of child actors the same <clears> way that Netflix would. Um, but yeah, I wish that uh, I wish the networks would give shows like that a bit more of a chance uh, to really find their footing. Because I look back at all of my favorite shows and I realize that maybe they weren't my favorite 
in their first <clears> season. <throat> uh, maybe they became my favorite two seasons in, or, you know, it's interesting. No, that's a really good point. I, I mean, I mentioned that we were watching Buffy um, with my husband, and all three of us kept saying to him, look, <laughs> you yeah. just have to get through season one. Season I think two that's what happened better. to me. I, uh, we tried it several years ago. Yeah, he wouldn't. And I think I got to, like, episode seven. Um, I can't remember. It may have been the Praying Mantis episode. And on Netflix, <laughs> I saw the next one was the was the talk the dummy the uh, I love that the one. dummy episode and I was like I just can't I can't I'm sorry I just I can't watch it Ventrilo- this is goosebumps this is you know Are You Afraid of the Dark it was well you, the like, first season was like Monster of the Week totally. you know and, and it became a different show and years later oh it was the Internet Ghost episode <laughs> the Internet Demon and then uh you know or the web such a good episode and then. <laughs> And then the dummy, and I was like, nope, I'm out. And then years later, Lindsay was like, please watch it with me. And then we just skipped over the dummy episode. And I mean, like, you still have to power through that last half yeah. of the season. But then, like, once you get to season two, it's like Angelus. And anyway, we can talk about Buffy. We can have a whole podcast on loving Buffy. But that second season is so friggin' good. I love oh, it. Oh, so my favorite episode. But yeah, it's, I think that everybody needs a chance to find their footing because that, if you watch that first season of Buffy, I think all Buffy fans will say that's not what the show is. Right. And, and unfortunately, it's one of those things where you kind of have to watch a, most of those episodes because yeah. they get referenced so much later on. Yeah, 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 which I do love. I love that they go back to that because that, that those were the building blocks and those were the characters and, you know, little things like carrying the like Principal Flutie joke throughout seven seasons and right, right. things you wouldn't get without seeing it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's pain. Like, even as a fan, it's painful to go back and watch them and to know they just didn't know what they were yet. Right. And, uh, so many shows don't get that chance. So I, I wish that for the new year is that some uh, networks will give them their chance to to become a Buffy and yeah. not just the Internet ghost show that gets canceled. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you do you think that the networks are going to ever realize that the, uh, the the way we consume their media is different now? Because I, I, I think that's what happens with a lot of these shows is we're so yeah. used to binge watching yeah. that we don't put in the effort ahead of time and I don't know I don't know what the 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 answer is do we try and change the the viewers or do we try and change the networks I don't know I mean like it's a it's a tough thing because they are definitely stuck in the dark ages I feel like and there are definitely some shows that are good out there like this is us is a good example of a show that like came out this year that can really touch a wide audience and like it's a show that I really enjoy yeah um but like not only not only just the what they're putting out there and how they put it out there but even just like uh, even networks just following the Nielsen rating system still. Yeah, that's like that's an outmoded model. Like that is not how you need to, you know, determine what shows continue or don't continue. Um, they just need to. It's going to take a huge revamp, and it's going to be very a huge struggle, I think, for all the networks to, you know, incorporate you know the 21st century uh, eye on everything. But I guess yeah. we'll see. I mean, it's going to be slow and painful, I think, rather than. Swift, but they're gonna have to adapt or die at this point. Yeah, right. I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head with it's just it's being consumed so differently because I think that they're they're still making things for people that go home to watch television when it airs, and that time just doesn't exist anymore. Like when I mean, television used to be an event. It, the '90s when shows would get twenty, Friends would get twenty million viewers. I mean, people would go home to watch that show, but now you don't have to do that. Now you can do it at your own convenience. You can record it on your DVR. You can. People, I have friends who watch most of the television on their phones, which I think is just a horrific way to do it. <laughs> uh, who am I to judge? 
you can do it on your laptop. So I, I think, yeah, I think it is about the way you consume. And if the, if the mindset changed a little bit to like, let's just, you know, if they build it, they will come. If we make something good, they will come, I think is the better way to go rather than if we make something that we think a lot of people will show up at yeah. nine o'clock at night to watch. Unless you're the walking dead, that's just, or game of Thrones. One of these like, uh, shows where, where it's water cooler or Westworld, where it's like the, uh, huge, these huge cliffhangers and spoilers are baked into the show. Cause it's like anybody could die at any moment that that's the only reason people watch those shows when they come on, because they don't want to miss out on the thing. You know, it's hard to find that. So, you know, until we figure out how to make every show like that, which is impossible because then it'll become very unspecial. But, yeah. uh, anyway. yeah. yeah, that's my fear too, though, is that like the, the only way to get people to watch is if there are those, as you said, spoilers baked in and stuff. And my fear is the networks looking at that will go, Oh, so every show has to have a big spoiler reveal right. every episode I hate that. and it'll be at the, at the expense of actual story and yeah. actual character. Yeah. And I mean, like there are certain things that they're doing and it's annoying when they, when they, even when networks realize they have, they're onto something like back to this is us. That's a really great show. And obviously yeah. that's not a, actually that is a twisty show for what it, for the, for it to be a family drama. There's always some extra twist at the end of every episode but what they do is these great heartfelt scenes between usually the father and one of the sons or, you know, uh, the siblings in the show. What they'll do now is like hashtag share this moment. Uh, I hate that. And it's like NBC knows like, oh, we've, this is good. This is them te- reminding <laughs> you how good it is. And it's going to be, and um, that's what, that's what networks need to not do is tell people how yeah. they should be feeling or hey, what they should yeah. be thinking. you should really like this scene. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, exactly. Like, in the middle of a scene, you'll have a graphic up here, that, like, swoop in on the bottom, like, share this moment. And it just really takes you out of it. And I guess that's just sort of like, that's why I'm saying they need to adapt to a new way of thinking, because that is not it. Um, it sucks. Yeah, it's it's it ridiculous. Sucks. But yeah. that being said, it's a really good show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, very good. Um, I know that, uh, John, you're working on Supernatural, and Lindsay, you're working on Frequency. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Penguins versus Possums in a second. Do you guys have anything else? And, Sebastian, you can jump in on this as well. Uh, do you guys have anything else that you guys are working on right now? Mm. Uh, just writing. Writing <laughs> yeah. a lot. I'm, um, my, my show, we're actually done in the writer's room. Um, our show is not done airing, actually, uh, but the writer's room is done. But a few of the writers... And I are actually doing a group together where we're coming into the offices anyway and working on our own pilots. So we're kind of, um, so I'm working on a, uh, just like a sci-fi teen drama, um, that I'm excited about and I've given myself a deadline. Yeah. Uh, so I'll have that going pretty soon, but cool. just stay awesome. writing. I know you're writing a yeah, lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm always, I'm working on pilots and things. Um, I know Seb is always working on an art project and yeah. writing. Uh, nothing comic book related right now, just because we're still sort of reeling after issue eight. Uh, issue eight of Penguins vs. Possums kind of took it out of us in terms of, uh, the creative workload. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow I pitch, um, I pitch my next Supernatural episode and, uh, you know, gonna start working on that and that'll debut in, I believe, uh, mid-April. So that's kind of what, where my brain's at right now. For the moment. About you, Seb? Um, I'm, yeah, always drawing, always working on something. Um, I have some commissions that I've put off because we were doing issue eight. So I'm trying <laughs> to catch up on some commission stuff. Um, and, um, 
what else? There's something else I was going to say. Um, well, Kinsey comes out yeah. on the 15th. Yeah, can't forget about that. Kinsey. So I'm excited about that. And then, oh, well, the only other thing I was going to say is I think we are kind of taking a breather because pretty soon we're going to have to get back to work on uh, putting the trade together for. Oh, God, don't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm always drawing something, um, you know, so. And I always have ideas in my head that I'm writing down. So, uh, but that's, I, I wish I were, uh, I need to do, start doing more of the setting a deadline and getting a, a group. That's awesome that you guys are still going in to write stuff, Lindsay. That's really cool. Thanks. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have great respect for you guys that, that can keep yourselves on task and on track and get that kind of stuff done because I, I just even putting on a, a weekly podcast I sometimes I'm not not so good about getting everything done I need to for it so I my my hat's off to you we were just talking about that actually like you do something once a week and you're like oh once a week is manageable and then you have to actually do it and all of life that goes on and you're talking about getting over a cold and stuff like it's a lot of work to do something once a week yeah so props to you, sir. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing is, is when uh, you know I have like um, Martin Luther King weekend, I'm going to pick up our our new puppy. We are getting a, a little <gasps> Havanese puppy. What? Yes. <laughs> and so we're going up to Sacramento to to pick him up, and uh, he'll be you know eight weeks old, and, and we're very excited. But I'm going to be gone the entire weekend, and that's usually when I record. So I'm trying to get. You know, episodes done ahead of time so that I can spend the entire weekend with the puppy. Wait, I have some puppy questions. <laughs> yes, I, I am ready for puppy questions. Okay. One, do you guys have, do you and your husband, do you have a name in mind or do you think the name will come after you meet the puppy? No, my husband had the name uh, before we even ever got a dog. He wanted to name it. And, and for those of uh, my listeners who who know my husband, they are going to uh, be surprised that this came from him, but it his his last name is Lancelotti, my last name is Hogan, so the dog's name will be Sir Oliver Queen Lancelotti Hogan. Uh, Sir Oliver Ollie Queen. or Oliver, when you call, or the, what are you going to call him? We Sir will Le- call him Ollie. He is, okay. He's been dubbed Ollie. That's fantastic, because if it were me, I think I would I would be like, Sir Lancelot! <laughs> uh, Ollie, that's a that's good a name. puppy name. Yeah, yeah he's adorable. We get um, little little pictures and and videos from the breeder, uh, you know, maybe on a weekly basis. And you know, my my husband, who has never been a dog person, and it has huh. taken me six years to convince him that this is something we need in our life, um, is now like checking the Facebook page every day to see if there's new <laughs> Ollie pictures up. So, have you guys ever had a pet? Is this your first pet together? This is our first. Well, we had we had uh, a fish. We had a betta fish that that he. So came this is your first pet together. But this is our first pet together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, see, awesome. you know, constantly he's saying, "Well, we can just get a fish." I'm like, "Fish aren't pets. They're decor." That's not real. No, that doesn't count. That's exciting. No. New year. Yes, yes, we're very excited. All right, we're going to move on to what we did to to be geeky this week, and and kind of following along our our television conversation, we have been. Um, kind of marathoning a bunch of shows we've discovered travelers oh yeah i, w- I almost watched i think that's on netflix right now is it on netflix it is it is and it's really good really good okay i thought about i was going to start that that's a good recommendation okay yeah we're, we're enjoying that uh i finally convinced uh my husband to start watching lucifer and he fell in love with it uh-huh. um it's it's you know i think the writing is just amazing he's very clever and fun and 
anything with him and the the daughter is phenomenal. Like I just love his reaction to the little girl. Um, and that's really been it. We've both been sick, so sitting on the couch and marathoning TV is about what we've been able to handle. <laughs> how <laughs> about you, so Sebastian? Oh, what was it? Yeah, no, not so bad at all. Sebastian, how about you? What have you been up to? Um, well, this is uh, an area that I'm strong in geekitude in as well. Uh, John and I were talking about this, but John and I got together. Oh, and we watched stealing it from me. Oh, but go ahead. Share it, bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. Share it. We uh, we got together on uh, Friday and watched two Steven, Steven Seagal movies back to back. The first one was Contract to Kill, and the second one was Hard to Kill. Um, Hard to Kill, of course, is from the 90s or whatever. Hard to Kill, was... is that referring to Steven Seagal's career? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was uh, prophetic. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we had seen this article that was a review of Contract to Kill, which is the newest one, which is, uh, I believe is out in theaters, but also video on demand. Um, and, uh, it just destroyed the movie. Like it just ripped it apart. And, um, I'm, and I know John (laughs) as well, but huge eighties action, uh, movie buffs and, um, Seagal wasn't my guy. Uh, at that time, but I did watch mine, (laughs) but I did watch his movies and um, I I have seen hard to kill many times. Um, So when there was a movie that came out, that was basically the same title, except for one word switched out and it got such a horrible review. We had to make a day of it. And we've, we've done these days before where it's like all Van Damme movies or all Schwarzenegger movies. And we were kind of going to skip over Seagal, but when that review came out, we realized we had to do it. So I mean, that review eviscerated this movie, and I, I, uh, I am Sebastian after he, I am the me the review. I was like, we have to see it all bold <laughs> exclamation points. Would have underlined it if I could have, but I'm, and I regret nothing. Yeah, it was awesome, awesomely horrible. Yeah, it was the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen, but it was great. It was great. That's awesome. I I miss my my friends and I used to do uh so bad they're good movies like that would just be like a night of so bad they're good movies and yeah you know Showgirls was like the reigning champion until Torque came out. I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of Torque. Oh, oh. it's awful. It's awful. It is. That's a motorcycle movie. Let me let me look it up because it's been a while. Oh, um, Torque. Know this movie. Torque. Yeah, Torque. Torque. I thought you said Twerk. No, no. That <laughs> ass. Um, no, okay, Torque. Torque I have heard of. I remember the, it's like a two, early 2000s movie, right? Yes, yes. And it's it's one of those things. It's got iced tea in it. Yep. Um, Man, iced tea in a feature film. You know that's pretty low. <laughs> Trolls um, should be on your list. Are you a Troll 2 fan? <laughs> no, I haven't seen the Troll movies. That That wasn't an area that I went into. Oh man, you gotta, you gotta. There's jump in. literally a documentary on it called "The Best Worst Movie." <laughs> uh, and being the horror fan that I am, that was always a fave of mine. You should watch that on a bad movie night for sure. I, I, I may have misspoken. Did I say Ice T? It's Ice Cube. Yeah, oh, that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. Ice is even below Ice Cube. Ice Cube is at least somewhat notable. Yeah. A couple of good movies. Friday is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, of Friday. All time. Is it was one of those things where it's like I I said like five minutes into it, all right, the 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 lead and uh, and Ice Cube are gonna you know 
fight the entire time, and then when they decide that they have to team up to get the real bad guy, they're going to do one of those handshakes where they grasp the wrists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like I, I, I'm calling it now. The the wrist grab handshake is happening, and sure <laughs> enough, like, and then you listen. We listen to the like five or ten minutes of the uh, director's commentary. Oh, fun! And it, and it was very liberating to know that they knew it was a bad movie. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, at least they knew. I don't think that the makers of Contract to Kill were quite as self aware. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, um, there was no. I mean. It was just nonsense. This isn't that movie's so bad it's bad. Uh, it's, it's not. It has. It doesn't I, make the turn to come back. It just stays bad. Yeah. Do you think Steven Seagal watched that and was like, "This is it. I'm coming back." <laughs> I have been, honestly, I don't think he could be bothered to watch it. No. Well, he obviously wasn't bothered to act. So yeah, that. he he couldn't be bothered. There is a scene. The scene I always co- go back to it for Contract to Kill, the defining moment. Uh, is where he fights off a pair of guys uh, who are like, you know, hitting on the waitress that Steven Seagal, I guess, has a thing for. Anyway, he fights them while he's sitting down. He can't even bother <laughs> to stand to beat these guys up. It is the most pathetic fight scene I've ever seen in my life. And these guys, by the way, they're Romanians trying to play Mexican and through their thicker money and accents are saying like, hey, essay, what you doing, essay? And it's it's the greatest it's the greatest words. I don't know. Every time I when I start talking about it, I realize maybe I did love it, but <laughs> I, will, I will never watch that again. That's awesome. I love that he didn't bother to read the script. Like he, you could tell he's just like making up lines. He, and like his his co-stars are like trying, like they're really trying. Like I feel like some of them thought this is it. Aww. Yeah, yeah. Aww. They felt like they were in a movie, and he felt like he was on like slam poetry or something like a slam poetry stage <laughs> uh, like for real heartbreaking yeah it's it go see it listen dear listeners um it's great terrible awful yeah go watch it and then blame john yep I recommend it. and and <laughs> but mainly blame john this is energy <laughs> yeah, yeah. look the guy we blame here is steven seagal right so he's the only reason it exists so that's awesome. Any uh, any other geekiness? How about you, Lindsay? Um, I'm I'm sort of always a binge watcher. I uh, I should just limit myself to when I'm sick and have the flu, but that's my idea. I've been on a tear actually of a lot of um, British comedies, some shows that I hadn't seen yet that I was excited about. Um, there's this show Fleabag on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's really great. It was actually, it started out as a one woman show um, that I became obsessed with and watched a couple of times because as you guys probably know, the British comedies are always like six episodes, very short and easily digestible. Um, and there was another show that Netflix has called Love Sick that was previously called Scrotal Recall. Oh my God, yes. For whatever reason, the name didn't grab me at first, uh, which it actually and, and probably should have. <laughs> but uh, the show's really good. Uh, it's about this guy who, in the pilot of uh, the first episode, he basically finds out that he has chlamydia and has to tell every person he's ever slept with uh, to get checked out. So each episode is sort of like that person that he had sex with, and they do a cool thing playing with time. Um, Where every episode... It always cuts back to whatever time he was, because she's got me watching it now. Every episode, like, there's a a running story in the present, and every episode, when we cut back to the past, it always reveals something that affects the present. Yeah. It's a really, really cool, it's really smart, smart uh, way to to 
Very well show. done. Yeah. And then um, the other thing I'm doing, which I shouldn't, which isn't even really geeky, but I am my New Year's resolution because my shame as a writer is that I do not read enough, and I certainly do not read enough books. Um, so my resolution to myself was to not let the year go by without reading at least 12 books, one a month, which for some avid readers, I'm sure is just fucking nothing. Um, <laughs> and for me, it is everything. So I've been reading every single night to hit my goal and hopefully double it. But, uh, it's actually been nice to just turn off screens and I feel like my eyesight is starting to go. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, I keep having these like light sensitive sensitive headaches. I, I'm li- I'm falling apart. Um, and at one point over the holiday, I had to be like John, turn off the Christmas tree. My eyes, my eyes. <laughs> um, so I'm taking some breaks from screen time and and focusing on reading time. So open to any suggestions you guys might have. Have um, you have you read? Um, probably read, not. Re- Ready Player One. <laughs> No, that is on my. That's on my list. That's I, gonna, I've read it, and I can't yeah. recommend it highly enough. That's yeah. on my list. That's a, a book I got. I uh, I got an Amazon gift card for Christmas, and so I just ordered books with it. Um, so that's one of the books I'll definitely be reading for sure. Very so that's nice. A good one. I, I'm a I'm an English teacher, so so reading oh. for pleasure is is a luxury that I don't always have. I'm trying to. I'm doing kind of the same thing. I'm not putting a book a month to it uh-huh. but i am trying to read a little bit each night to get myself um you know away from the, they, they say i guess a half an hour away from the screen before you go to bed yeah that's good that's what i'm trying to do as well yeah because you know it's hard when when all day you're reading like really bad term papers then, <laughs> you know you don't want to yeah. read anymore but I'm, I'm trying to get into that habit i have to go back though because um you you mentioned scrotal recall yeah um, please is there a second season because i loved season one yeah, there is. There is a second season. I um, I just finished it. It's really good. I love season one as well. You should definitely get caught up with it. Uh, and you said they changed the title because, let's face it, that that's not the best oh, title. That's for terrible. It. Title. That's a terrible title. But then, you know terrible. what? Actually, I love the title, but not for that show because it's a very sweet, genuine show. Um, and uh, it just didn't match. So I think Lovesick is sort of the perfect title for it, especially uh, the fact that it's like framed by this will they won't they relationship between two friends um but yeah watch the second season it's very good yeah, i think perfect. that that is what we will be watching tonight when i finish this podcast because yeah. we, love, we love that show i love it yeah Changing been, um, lives, oh there's another show there's another show because i'm just on the british comedy that's my sort of geeky thing right now that i haven't even told john about but it's called the detectorists have you guys heard about this no <laughs> i've recently become obsessed with it it's about two guys who just they have, they're like in a metal detector club and they have these metal detectors and they just go out together, uh, like hit the beaches and just fucking search for their detector with their metal detectors, which is absurd, but it's like, this sounds so over the top, but it's, it's like this metaphor for like searching for something that isn't there <laughs> and trying to like, you find what you're looking for. And it's really good. The two guys in it are really good together and. I am. I have not been let down by a British comedy yet. Great. One more show I've got to watch. I now. know. <laughs> I'm very on the British comedy kick right now. It's it's feeding my soul. That's awesome. Well, you guys have given us a lot of stuff to to check in with because all of those are sound really amazing. All right, we're gonna move on. Uh, before we we hit our feature, uh, I want to talk about Universal Fan Con. Um, 
I've, I've mentioned Jamie Broadnax of uh, Black Girl Nerds, and she was the guest on The Lost uh, Episode 46, which I'm hoping to get out this week. Um, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I had uh, an episode that just completely auto, audio quality just went out the window, and we've it's taken us months to get it uh, to a publishable place, so hopefully we'll get that out this week. But it was with Jamie Broadnax, and uh, she has currently put out a a Kickstarter for Universal FanCon, which is uh, a convention that's going to take place in Baltimore uh, April 27th through the 29th in 2018. So it's a ways out, but the reason why I'm bringing it up now is because their Kickstarter has nine days left. So uh, they are fully funded, but um, if you're a listener to this show, you know we're all about diversity and inclusiveness, and that is what this convention is about. It's about trying to make sure that everybody, no matter what your race, creed, color, sexual orientation, whatever it happens to be, um, that you feel like you are with your people. And I think it, you, you, especially in this very uh, divided time, uh, I yeah. think that this is something that we desperately, desperately need. So uh, if you are available, go ahead and uh, click through the link t- on the show notes and uh, give them, I'm sure they'll take anything that uh, that you are willing to give them uh, because, you know, we, we like diversity and we want to support anything that leads us to it, so... That is there for you. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. All right, penguins versus possums. Tell me about this because it sounds amazing. Um, Seb? Yes. Penguins versus possums is a story of these two species that have been fighting each other since the very beginning of time, hidden in the shadows and kept secret. But now their war has gotten so big, it's beginning to spill over. Humans are starting to take notice. And it's all leading to the Battle of Armageddon, which will actually be fought between penguins and possums, with every human on the planet having to choose a side (laughs) to decide the fate of the world. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, We've done that pitch one or two times before. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. And it's it's brilliant. Um, Is is it in a situation where there's an obvious good guy or obvious bad guy, or are we you know are we really able to choose a side? No. You're really able to choose a side. Yeah, we try to play it down the center, and there's shades of gray on both sides. Um, so you get to actually there will be a winner, but throughout the comic book, you get to choose like who you kind of relate to or who you would side with. We feel like I think we we purposely sort of alternated each issue to be a little more penguin-centric or a little more possum-centric, and also to see good and bad on both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, Just so that we made it, uh, we tried to make it hard. It was hard for us, I think, to to admit whether we were penguins or possums. I I think Seb and I both are team uh, possum and John's team penguin. Um, Oh, yeah. But it's it's caused a lot of problems. At home. <laughs> um, but yeah, we wanted we wanted to make it we wanted to make it a, a choice. And like Seb said, we wanted there to be a clear winner and to not to not take you on this journey and then you know end this with oh and you know they met in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wins um, as we all as we just found out the world isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we uh, there is a clear winner uh, which I think is important. I'm really glad. I'm really happy with the way that we ended the story. That's Thanks. very cool. I I have to say I'm going into this because I, I I have not gotten to it yet, but I'm very excited to to devour it when I do. Yeah. Um, I'm going in as Team Possum. Oh, okay, okay. Because 
a little known fact, I actually did have when I was very young a pet possum. What? what? Yes, um my uh parents found uh, a bunch of baby possums in the heater closet in our house. They'd fallen through like a vent. Oh. And so um my my mom and my brother and I were going out of town for the weekend and when we came back my my dad had found like 12 in total. And oh. um, so he had this cage of 12 baby possums, and uh, we called the Humane Society and said, what do we do with, with all these baby possums? And they said, well, you know, you can just let them go out in the wild. They they're, sound like they're of an age that they can survive on their own. But, you know, they make really good pets, and since you have young kids, it would be a really interesting learning experience for them. So if you want to keep one or two for a pet, feel free. And so my dad put on a glove, and he stuck his hand in the cage, and anything that bit on got put in a backpack and hiked up to the Angeles Crest Mountains. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, we we were left with three little baby possums that we then built a like six by six by six foot cage and put a big doghouse in the middle of it. And for t- like two years, we had um, one of them died pretty early on. It was the run of the the group, uh-huh. and one one got out. And was never seen or heard from again. But then, but uh, too. yeah. But but we would we would take the mail out, and you know, my mom would have to give him baths regularly because he'd get fleas. Oh. And uh, the cats would kind of watch him as he roamed around the yard when we let him, you know, out to play. And Wait, what was his name? His name was well, we we Whiskers, Sniffles, and Snuffles were the were the three uh, <laughs> names of the. Of the possums and snuff was the uh, the the male and he was the one that lasted the longest. Okay. Nah. And possums don't generally live very long lives anyway, aren't? Isn't their life? I think their lifespan's like two to five years, something where. Yeah, well, it's, it's I think two years. People said were pretty. You know, that was a pretty solid lifespan for yeah. for that possum. And yeah. it, it for I would never do it again because oh my god, it's not you know it's not a normal thing to do and it's not they're not amazing pets. But um, but it was you know for for a fifth grader it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I bet no one else could say that in your fifth grade class. No, no, it was it was definitely it was a learning experience, and they I mean you could like pick it up and hug it, and it was it was a very it was it it was a decent pet. Yeah, it it was better Better than than a a better than a fish. (laughs) Better than yeah, for sure. Better than a fish. Way more legit. So that is my little possum story. Um, well, you have to read the you have to read the comic and see if it's accurate to your life experience. Uh, <laughs> I bet it is. Coincidentally, those are the names of all the possums in the comic book. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so where did this idea come from? Like, like where did you ever come up with an idea of these of these two animal species specifically, but just you know the idea of two warring factions in in particular. Yeah. Uh, well, when I was in uh, when I was in college, I had a class called Art in the Digital Age, and we had to come up with a website um, that incorporated art and a story. And at, at that point, I think it was just a matter of like really late nights in the computer lab because um, I didn't have uh, like Photoshop or Dreamweaver or anything, and and uh, it wasn't so easy to just make a website on like Wix.com or something, you know. So it was a uh, um, I think it was just letting the imagination go wild. And I love the idea that there, these two species would normally have nothing to do with each other. Like, uh, a lot of times at conventions, people will come up and say, why wasn't it penguins and sharks or penguins and seals or whatever? And um, 
A, that just makes too much sense. Like, it needs to be crazy and ridiculous. Yeah, those might actually, like, you know, they may actually encounter each other. Yeah, right, right. it's like, you can, Plus, you can find that on National Geographic. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. Nobody wants to buy that. <laughs> um, and uh, it also helps that penguins, verses, and possums all have the same amount of syllables and the emphasis on the first syllable. And the alliteration of penguins and possums is fun. Um, but yeah, just that the ludicrousness of like, why would these two be fighting? And that was interesting to me and, and kind of threw in a bunch of stuff that I was fans of, a fan of at the time and that we now all three of us luckily are also fans of, but just stuff that was like secrets hidden under the surface. Um, you need to just find the clues. Um, I threw, I, I liked Indiana Jones and Star Wars and, and, uh, things of biblical proportions and, uh, and again, 80s action movies. So there's a lot of action and stuff like that, but, um, kind of just all those Chosen things together. And all, yeah. I'm sorry. I totally just interrupted your train of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> said so I, was, I wasn't sure if you were going with something but oh no i, just, I agree I, I liked all of that stuff i think i was drawn to that as well then sebastian this was originated with your idea and then um we all started working on it just talking about the things that we liked and this idea like you just mentioned star wars the light versus dark and the and the myth of it all and uh where does it come from and uh why are we fighting and uh when, when will it end and it was just really fascinating I, we we've said this a lot but it's uh we we said it's a ridiculous concept that we take 100% seriously and that's true because it is you know on paper uh quite silly but it's it's taken very seriously the fighting is very raw and uh tragedies ensue and uh there is a lot to fight for um and we we definitely sneak in as many pop culture references as possible uh, as you can tell from this podcast all three of us are very pop culture uh pop culture lovers and uh oh, i i think this i think the story has a lot of emotional weight which uh which drew me to it and uh and it's just fun it's a fun story with good characters if i do say so myself <laughs> Well, that's something that um, that's something that we've gotten feedback on, actually, is the people have either come up to us or written to us or even in reviews or whatever, where they'll talk about how they were pleasantly surprised how deep and how rich the story is, that it is not just like a throwaway versus comic book. It actually is something that we all three of us are story storytellers. And as John and Lindsay have said, they're on the, the writer's track. And so we all it's something that we all put a lot of ourselves into and we're very passionate about and even though at our writing groups the three of us are laughing the majority of the time we still want to tell a really good rich story and and surprise people that like oh wow i'm actually invested in what's going on between penguins and possums so i i think we've been successful and i'm proud of that <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your creative process because um Sebastian we had you on a couple episodes ago and talking about Kinsey. Um how how has that creative process been different with different people and and um you know everybody brings their own energy to 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 project how how did this work? Well, uh, it worked great. Oh, sorry, go ahead, guys. Oh, yeah, I was going to say uh I mean <clears throat> I uh in all my years, I mean my best friend and I used to make comics back in the day when we were 12 and I feel like I haven't had that kind of creative experience just in terms of like ease and everybody being on the same page and on the same level since those days when I was making comics in, you know, middle school and high school. Um, obviously I, we're operating on a slightly different level now, I would like to think, but, <laughs> um, but no, the three of us and 
it's like ridiculously fun and ridiculously easy. And that might sound like a very pat answer, but it's true that um, when it gets to the three of us, there's there's no ego. We certainly have disagreed on things before, but we I mean, that's the good thing about there being three of us. And even though Lindsay and I are married, like, honestly, we've never we've never uh, sided with each other because of that. <laughs> it's all very we're we fact, all we usually don't. Side yeah, typically. <laughs> I think, um, I think Seb and I usually uh, end up winning uh, yeah, battles typically. over poor John sometimes. Uh, um, but it was just it's it's something where uh, you know uh, I don't know it just works. We all get together. Um, we usually just in terms of the actual process, uh, we would always start with uh, throwing ideas onto a Google Doc, um, or uh, you know back in the day I guess we would just like text each other and <laughs> I would uh, Sebastian and I would draw little sketches of things that we'd want to include. And, you know, either email them or uh, text them to each other. And But we eventually ultimately ended up yeah, doing Google Docs and just like throwing every idea we had for the issue. Some would stay, some would move down. We'd kick the can, those cans down the road and uh, we'd get together and we'd um, we'd break the story, the three of us in person and uh, usually separating it by what's our penguin story, what's our possum story and ultimately what's our human story uh, as humans get incorporated as well. And we'd split it up. Uh, once we got the story figured out, whether that'd take us a couple of times, we'd ultimately, uh, you know, split it into our pages. And uh, Sebastian and I are, have been really, I think, good about uh, equal equal heft of our art chores for the most part. Um, I drew most of the first issue. Sebastian drew all of the fifth issue. But beyond that, like we've we've each taken. Uh, a good, you know, depending on the issue, uh, we ended up actually splitting it right down the middle as much as we could for the last couple issues, but um, we would... Yeah, we... I don't want to interrupt you. I just want to give these guys, I want to give John and Seb a ton of credit because they honestly do 99.999% of the work on this comic. The amount of work that they do with the art, with the covers, Seb letters everything, John grayscales everything, watching their process back and forth, even when we're just uh, when we get together to go over the dialogue and see the pages a little more raw, I'm always so impressed by how talented they are and how they are able to put this all together. And um, I think that the style of the book is really great. And I don't know that I don't know that people know just how much time, how time consuming it is for both of you to do all of that work. And yeah, we've... I I have the the luxury. Of, not, of unfortunately being artistically not inclined. <laughs> I wish, I bet these guys will wish, and I should have, probably four, five years ago, I should have taken art lessons to help, but I uh, I can't draw, so I'm not helpful in that area, but they um, they work really hard, and they make a uh, really great book. Thanks. I mean, we laugh sometimes because there have been those issues where we'll work on it for, you know, three to six months, and then we'll get it in our hands, and I'll be like, man... We just worked on that for six months, and I read it in 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, but I guess that's, you know, something you deal with anytime you're putting together a comic. But yeah. but like Lindsay said, we, we split up the art chores, and uh, we it's it's just the three of us. So we only have ourselves to lean on and to depend on. And, and I've never not been able to depend on Sebastian or Lindsay to, to deliver. And um, it's just been, like I said, we pass pages back and forth. We do all the work ourselves. It's nothing but fun and joyous and um it's been great for we've been doing this for five years and honestly we're really happy to be at the end of the story um but i mean if if somebody were to pay us to do this thing for a living we would happily do oh, it yeah for, we'll come up with more uh, stories yeah i know we have <laughs> five minutes, so, i mean 
I would work. I'd work with these two. You know, obviously, again, Lindsay's my wife. I'm stuck with her anyway. Am I right, guys? <laughs> Until uh, I meet somebody else. <laughs> but uh, no, I I think this team could we could work together forever and always be happy and always have a great time. But um, perhaps on you know something else. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Just, yeah, and I, I just wanted to say since uh, thanks so much, Lindsay, for for what you said. And it is a ton of work and it's super time consuming, but I love that it. Um, it starts and ends with the three of us get, sitting down together and, uh, as John said, breaking the story and then at the end doing all the dialogue and stuff. It's just such a fun, collaborative, communal thing. Yeah. And uh, to be able to be creating something that's going to last throughout time with your best friends and to be having so much fun doing it is it, you know, it's the dream. So it's, it's the best. I, like I said, I would do it every day if I could. I, I wish that stupid jobs didn't get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you I know, you're an English teacher. You get, you get, and that's the amount of time that it takes, too, with you saying, like, this thing that took three to six months, we read it in 15 minutes. But, I mean, you know, that's just that's life, that you're choosing to be an artist and a creator and to make something um, with all the time that you have uh, that is not uh, spent letting you survive yeah. by working and um and yeah, I'm really, I think all three of us are, but I'm, I'm really proud of it. I, um, it's, it's, I really love the way the story turned out. And I, like Seb said, the thing that we've, the thing that has surprised people is the emotional weight. And that's the thing that I think is really special about it. And it's still, I it still think it's very funny. There's always parts that make me laugh. There are always characters that make me laugh. Who me, uh, comes to, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's, a heavy story yeah and we treat it i think very carefully we do we have so where do we find this how do we how do we get you readers because it it, something with this much love behind it needs to to be seen by other people so where do we go well uh you can find us on comiXology um uh you can also if you want to buy a physical copy of the book uh you can go to fanbasepress.net dot com oh i'm sorry i'm sorry Fanbases are our publishers. Yeah, fanbase. Hi, fanbase. Hi, fanbase. Uh, fanbasepress.com. Um, you can buy uh, signed copies if, you, if you're if you so inclined um, for physical stuff. Also, we have uh, Twitter and Instagram. You know those, Seb. Uh, yeah, the Twitter and the Instagram are at uh, PDPcomic. Um, you can also go to our website, penguinsversuspossums.com. It's penguinsvspossums.com. And you can please find us on Facebook. We love um, the satisfaction of seeing new likes pop up. Um, and uh, we are always talking about what's going on, posting reviews, and what conventions we're going to be at uh, on our Facebook page. So please check that out as well. It's facebook.com slash penguinsvspossums. Awesome. Very very cool guys. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I've got it opened and we'll be ordering my copies uh, when I get uh, off the call with you guys. Awesome, yeah. great. Thank you. Any shout outs you guys have as we we kind of start closing up things? Well, I mean we've got to give our shout out to Fanbase Press, our publishers, um, Barbara and Bryant, uh, Dylan. They're they're great guys to work with, and uh, it's, we've been with them for three years now, and we we love those guys. And they're going to be publishing Kintsay. Coming out very soon. Yeah, that's a big shout out. We're really proud of Seb, and we're really excited to read uh, Kinsey. So, big shout out, bro. (laughs) Thanks, bros. Oh, speaking of bros, I'm going to give a shout out to my brother, because he's the only one I know for sure will listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, 
Hey Shane, what up, dude? You missed he like to everything. It was really good, as you heard. <laughs> I guess I'll give a shout out to my brother, even though I know for certain he he's lazy. So who knows if he'll watch it, but or listen. Uh, but yeah. We're all nice guys. Like, it must be nice to have a brother. <laughs> I guess I'll give a shout out to my uh, to my. Uh, well, I'm familyless. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm a little orphan that couldn't. Great. <laughs> and then I also want to send out a shout out uh, to to Beige from the Geek to Geek podcast, who was supposed to be my guest this weekend, but um, we, we're all getting sick. <laughs> I think tis the season. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know who our our next week's guest is going to be. It could be Beige. It could be uh, one of a couple of other. Uh, guests, as I said, I'm trying to get a bunch of my my episodes done before we go off and pick up Ollie. So uh, I don't Ollie. quite know what order they're going to go in, but uh, next week we will have a show. So whoever it is, it'll be exciting. It'll be fun, exactly. Uh, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Now, I know we got the Penguins versus Possums information, but how about you guys? Where can we find you? Uh, in your dreams. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think I've got a Twitter. Hold on. Let me find it. Oh, God. I'm so, I am horrible at I am awful. Media. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm at the underscore John, J-O-H-N underscore Bring, B-R-I-N-G. Come and enjoy my one tweet every six months. <laughs> I literally, I just had to look myself up on Instagram to see if I, to remember my own name on it. So that's how bad I am. Um, I'm on Facebook. Don't friend me. I won't add you. <laughs> Instagram, Lindsay Sebring. And um, I am on Twitter um, as well. I think at the, the Lindsay Bring, um, which is such a, which is such a pretentious thing, but there was another Lindsay Bring, so I had to do it. That's exactly why so I, I apologize. Um, and I just, I just followed Geektitude. So yeah. Boom. Awesome. Awesome. Sebastian, you, I think are more social media. Yeah. You're way more savvy than we are. <laughs> savvy. Um, I am on Facebook, um, but, uh, Instagram is probably the best place. Uh, I post a lot of artwork and stuff. Um, and my Instagram handle is at Sebastian artist. That's S E B A S T I A N artist. Um, but yeah, I'm also always posting drawings or whatever I'm happen to be working on at the time. So that's probably the most entertaining place you can find. Me. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. I, I've, for having, I've, having us. Yeah, it, it has been fun. I've, I've enjoyed talking to you guys. Um, for all of you listening out there, uh, remember this week, keep it geek. <laughs>